Welcome to the Faith Dialogue Podcast with your host, Pastor Ken Baer. Are you ready to swim in the deep end of the Bible pool or climb to the top of Faith Mountain? If so, open the eyes that see, those ears that hear, and a heart that is receptive. Get your cup of coffee and your Bible as we begin. Welcome to our broadcast today. Our Wednesday messages are part of a series that we started a couple months ago called Pondering Prophecy. And we've had the opportunity to speak now into a number of interesting topics and characters and doctrines associated with the, with the end times. Our focus is on prophecy. And we're reminded that prophecy is found in, in literally one out of every four verses in the Bible. About 25%, actually more than 25% of the Bible is prophecy. Uh, therefore, we've, we've narrowed our conversations down in pondering prophecies to what's called unfulfilled prophecy. Now, unfulfilled prophecy in the Bible speaks primarily to the restoration of the nation of Israel and the people of Israel. It speaks about the end of the church age, what is referred to as the, the fullness of the Gentiles. It, refers, it also speaks to the remaining seven years, or the final 70th week that the prophet Daniel prophesied and spoke of. Um, it also refers to the, the final judgment of mankind and all of the events just prior to what we know as the second coming of Jesus Christ. So we have a, a plethora of opportunities to, to speak into a, a number of these unfulfilled prophecies and be able to learn from it. So all of these events speak to what's called the, the end of days. In actuality, the end of days has already been written. It's been determined. It will arrive as planned, as scheduled, and it will follow exactly what the prophets have foretold. Now, there may be some surprises, even to the best of us, who, who diligently seek to understand these scriptures. And just as there were surprises to the Jews that diligently sought the scriptures to try to get a determination of when the Messiah would arrive. And as you remember, there were people that were, were surprised. Um, Jesus as the Messiah uh, wasn't exactly who and what and how they expected the Messiah uh, would, would perform, his ministry and his life. Um, however, Jesus came just as the scriptures foretold. Jesus arrived as planned, but his life and his ministry, his, his administration was not exactly how most people were, were expecting. However, we can look back on these scriptures and we have the benefit of history and, and that all these scriptures that spoke of the Messiah and his first coming, and we can see that the prophecy wasn't exact, was exactly true. The puzzle pieces were all there. They had not been fully assembled, so the picture wasn't real clear. But if we look back, we can see that the prophecies were fulfilled exactly as they were foretold. Now in the very same way, Jesus' second coming has been foretold and it can be anticipated with a great deal of certainty. God has established the timeline. The prophets 
have spoken. And we have in our hands all of the information to understand God's plan for the, the fulfillment of the last days. God's plan has been revealed. Now, now revealed, that's, that's the word that's used in the last book of the, of the New Testament, the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's the things that Jesus reveals about his, himself and about his, his second coming. The book of Revelation is a marvelous book. And it's a book that is meant to be read. And it's meant to be understood. Unlike the prophecies of Daniel and Ezekiel and Isaiah and other Old Testament prophets, the book of Revelation is one single prophecy. It's a prophecy from the beginning until the end. And it is, in fact, the culmination of the ages, the second coming of Jesus, the reign of Christ as King of Kings and, and Lord of Lords. So in order to understand the book of Revelation, we have to rely on a tool that we actually use uh, quite often. Um, and that is to look at the Bible and the scriptures in the Bible to properly understand, properly interpret the scriptures. The saying is that the Bible interprets the Bible. The Bible interprets the Bible. Therefore, when we open the book of Revelation, we'll see some unusual language, but it's not unique. The same language, the same symbols, this ap apocalyptic language has been used before. So we go back to where it has been used before, and one of the primary places we go to is the book of Daniel, and it gives us an idea, the clues, the understanding that we need in order to fully understand the book of Revelation. The signs and the visions that were recorded earlier so that we can understand the meaning and the context of what's going to happen in the future. Now, the words Great Tribulation, and that's what this topic is today about, it's talking, we're talking about the, the Great Tribulation, are actually the words of Jesus. You know, it's unfortunate when I hear the events and hear others talk about the end times in this book of Revelation, and they take a look at the seals, the trumpets, and the vials, and the quote is that it's just a tragically average day in human history, and that's by others, not by us. And let me tell you that, that my friend, there, there is nothing average, nothing average about the Great Tribulation. There are many names associated with this time period, by the way. Uh, the Apocalypse, Daniel's 70th week, the days of Jacob's trouble, the end days, the Tribulation, the Great Tribulation, the Great and Fearsome Day of the Lord, and Armageddon. Now, we could spend some time unpacking all of those words because all of those words don't refer to the, to the same event. Uh, but we don't need to go through that. All I'm saying is that all of those days, the one thing they have in common is it's a, it's a horrific time. It's, it's, um, it's, the, it's an utterly horrific time period that's referred to. Here are the words of Jesus from what we know as the Olivet Discourse. This is in Matthew 24, it's also in Luke 21, that speaks specifically to this time period just prior to his return. Verse 21, it says, For then there will be great tribulation, those are words of Jesus, such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time, nor ever shall be. And unless those days are shortened, no flesh will be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. 
So I, I want to spend some time today speaking specifically to the time period we know as the, the tribulation, as well as what's known as the great tribulation. I want to dig into some of the scriptures that specifies for us the purpose and the plan of God and the exact time period. We'll find uh, that not only um, has God told us how long it would last in years, but it also specified the same time period in months and the actual number of days. It culminates this whole period with the glorious appearing of the Son of God in the clouds. Let me read that section to you from the book of Revelation. This is Revelation chapter 19, beginning in verse 11. Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on it was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed in a robe, dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Now this is chapter 19 in the book of Revelation, and this actually ends what we know as the period of the tribulation, a seven-year period that actually begins in chapter 6 of the book of Revelation and goes through chapter 19. Now, the thing is, is that there are 22 chapters in the book of Revelation, so the remaining chapters, 19 through 22, speak to what's called the millennial reign of Christ, a period of a thousand years on the earth, and then the final great white throne judgment and also the new heavens and the new earth. So for today, I want to speak to why we understand that there is a coming seven years of tribulation, why this period of time is actually uh, spoken of in two different time periods, a beginning of a first part and a second part, both being three and a half years, um, the second part specifically being called the Great Tribulation, and why it's important to understand that this time period we know as the Tribulation is actually the 70th week that's spoken of by the prophet Daniel. Okay, first things first. Why seven years? Well, the prophet Daniel is one of the most amazing and significant prophetic voices in the Bible. In chapter 9 of the book of Daniel, Daniel actually is reading from another prophet, the prophet Jeremiah. And he's reading the, this prophet Jeremiah's writings and he comes to discover that the, um, the exiles from Jerusalem and Babylon will be there only for 70 years. And after 70 years they'll be allowed to return to Jerusalem. No, this is before the actual 70 years is up, so Daniel thinks this is great. He's going to spend some time in prayer. So Daniel begins to fast and to pray. And if you read the prayer, it's amazing. He asks the Lord to forgive the people for their many sins, their, their idol worship, their iniquities. Now, while Daniel is praying, the angel Gabriel, you know, the same angel that 500 years later would, would come to Mary and tell her that she was going to conceive, um, even though she was a virgin, she was going to conceive and, and give birth to a son, and that son's name was going to be Jesus. This, this same Gabriel tells Daniel an amazing prophecy. In this prophecy, Daniel is told that there'll be 70 weeks of years. That's uh, for the Jewish people and for the city of Jerusalem. 70 weeks of years, or 490 years. 
Gabriel says, from the going forth of the command to restore and rebuild uh, Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince. That's the first advent of Jesus Christ, who was born in a babe and died on Calvary. Gabriel says there'll be seven weeks and 62 weeks, or a total of 69 weeks, one week less than what he initially said, that there would be a total of 70 weeks that were given to, uh, to Israel, the people of Israel, and to the city of Jerusalem. Now, with getting, without getting into the weeds, because we can easily get into a lot of detail here, all of the details, um, this is actually an amazing prophecy in itself. Daniel says that Israel is allowed a total of, of 70 weeks, or 490 years, but then goes on to say that for a total of 69 years, or 469 weeks, or 483 years, it will take from the time the pronouncement is made to rebuild Jerusalem until the Messiah actually arrives on the scene. This is what Gabriel says to Daniel. He says, and after the 62 weeks, now this is after he originally had seven, so 62 plus seven, total of 69. After the 62 weeks, Messiah will be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. So what scholars have determined is that this prophecy does three amazing things, three amazing things, and I'll, and I'll highlight them for you. The first is that the prophecy, the prophecy accurately predicted the actual time the Messiah, the Prince, the one we know as Jesus the Christ, would not only present himself, but he would be cut off, as Daniel says, that he would die and not for himself, but for the sin of the world. Now, I'm not going to go through the details, but if you know what the, when the calling is of the rebuilding of the temple or of Jerusalem, and you have the right calendar and the right number of days, and you multiply them together, you end up with the, the exact day that Jesus rides into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, the week that he is crucified. Number two. The prophecy, this Dan, prophecy of Daniel tells us that a people would then come and destroy both city and sanctuary. And we know that this happened a few years later in 70 AD when Titus, a Roman general and a future Caesar, came into Jerusalem and killed half a million Jews, destroyed the temple, what Jesus said was true, that one stone would be left on top of another and completely decimated the city. The second part of this prophecy, by the way, also gives us a hint where the future Antichrist will come from. He's called the prince who is to come. And he is, he, the, Daniel says that he comes from the same people that to destroy the city and the temple in 70 AD. This is just one reason, by the way, one of many reasons why many scholars believe that the Antichrist will come out of what's called a revived Roman Empire. Number three. This, this prophecy clearly speaks of, of 70 weeks, uh, 70 weeks of years or 490 years, but then it's cut off after 69 or 483 years, leaving one seven-year period remaining. So let's close our book on prophecy for a second and just talk about history. I like history. Maybe you do as well. We know that, that Jesus died on the cross somewhere around 32 A.D., and that while all of the apostles and all of the disciples in the early church were, 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 um, were Jewish, um, uh, for the most part, 
the Jews did not embrace the Messiah. That's why he was killed. Uh, by the time the temple is being destroyed in 70 AD, uh, the Apostle Paul had already been out and, and many of the converts, in fact the vast majority of the people that would call themselves believers, followers of Jesus Christ, by that time the vast, vast majority were, were Gentiles. They, they were not Jewish. And, and that includes um, the, the, the believers that were in, in Europe, in Asia, and in Africa. However, there's still one seven-week period remaining. God's not done yet with Israel. And there are a number of prophecies related specifically to the Jewish people that are yet to be fulfilled. Daniel actually speaks of the final seven-year period um, in the very next verse of Daniel. Daniel 9, chapter 9, verse 27. Daniel says, He, and this is the Antichrist, will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. There's the remaining seven. In the middle of the seven, that is after 42 months, he'll put an end to sacrifice and offering. And at the temple, he will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. So let's review what we know. We actually know quite a bit, just in this summary. Number one, we know that the tribulation period is the final seven years for the people of Israel and for Jerusalem. This is key. If we don't understand uh, that the tribulation period is about Israel, we'll not be able to understand end time prophecy. For nearly 1900 years, Jerusalem was controlled by the Gentile powers, just as Jesus had predicted. The Jewish people, unlike every other scattered people group, never lost their identity. The Hebrew language was unknown except for among the, the Jewish rabbis, the ones that read the Torah. Yet every year, yet every year at Passover, the Jewish people would pray and they would say, next year in Jerusalem. Yet only a few Bible scholars were bold enough to believe that the Jewish people would again be regathered in Israel. And even though there was, a, there was a number of prophecies that spoke to this, few were bold enough to believe it. Uh, the men, also, there's a mention of a third temple in Jerusalem that would be taken literally, uh, or the nations that would surround Israel at some time in the future, only to see God again miraculously provide for His people and fight um, the enemies of Israel, just as he did back in the Old Testament in the time of Moses and the judges and the kings. You know, the Jewish people had been persecuted by the Egyptians. They were enslaved. Then the Assyrians and the Babylonians, and finally, they were persecuted by the Christians. We know that for a, a few hundred years after the church, after the church was born on Pentecost, uh, the, uh, the soon return of Jesus Christ, the pre-tribulation rapture, and the restoration of the land of Israel was being taught. However, when the church became the official church of Rome, and definitely by the Middle Ages, most Christian scholars began to take much of the unfulfilled prophecies speaking of Israel at, largely as symbolic, with really no place for the Jewish people or Israel as a nation. Yet here we are, just 72 years after Israel was reborn in 1948, uh, even skeptics of Bible prophecy have to adjust their thinking when they see Israel back in the land, just as the Bible had foretold. Secondly, what do we know? 
Well, the, when the tribulation begins, it begins with a peace treaty. That's what, that's what uh, Daniel said, the covenant of many. However, everything will not be peaceful in Israel. There'll be a time, it will be a time of deception, a time of false prophets and, and persecution. And Jesus said this. He says, if anyone says to you, behold, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe him. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and they'll show great signs and wonders uh, so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. The scriptures foretell that during the time of the Antichrist, the people of Israel will be persecuted once again. Uh, in Daniel 7.25 it says, He will speak out against the Most High and wear down the saints of the Highest One. And he will intend to make alterations to times and to law, and they'll be given into the hand for time, times, and half a time. Now, time, times, and half a time is referenced in the Bible a few times, and it refers to three and a half year. Time being one year, times being two, and then half a time being another half a year. Uh, in Revelation chapter 11, uh, this is what it says. It says, but the court which is without the temple, leave out. This is, this is John is told to measure the, the temple grounds. It says, but the court which is out without the temple, leave out and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles, and the holy city shall be tread underfoot forty and two months. And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy one thousand two hundred and sixty days clothed in sackcloth. Remember I said that the time of the tribulation is not only specified in a period of years, seven years, but also two uh, periods of three and a half years, the, the beginning part and then the last part called the Great Tribulation, and it's specified not only as far as months, but also in days. And here it is, 1,260 days. If you divide 1,260 days by 30, guess what you get? 42. 42 months. So let's continue with what we know. Number three, while the Tribulation features uh, the Antichrist along with a number of characters, it's also the time that the wrath of God is poured out. And this is done primarily in terrestrial and cosmic disturbances that result in the demise of up to 40% of the dwellers of the earth, the remaining people living on the earth at the time, up to 40% of them uh, will be taken. Um, along with much of the sea creatures and as the waters are, are turned to blood. Number four, and I know we said this before, but it means repeating. The key to understanding end time prophecy is, 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 is Israel. And this is, this is my saying. If we don't place Israel properly, we misplace Israel improperly. And, and what that means is this, is that with, with, with due humility, uh, given to my limited knowledge of, of an understanding of the Bible as a scholar. Um, the people that uh, try to replace Israel with the church are making a grave mistake because God's not done with Israel. Uh, God still has a plan for Israel. God's covenant with Israel cannot be broken. Uh, and there still is a place in God's heart for Israel. The Apostle Paul even talks about it. talks about that there's a partial blindness uh, going on, but that, that eventually all of Israel will be saved. So let's not replace Israel, and when we see Israel, think that's the church, or symbolically take everything that we see and, and say, well, it, it certainly can't happen. Be, can, it can't, they can't be talking about Israel. Can't be talking about a temple. Um, if you misplace Israel, you'll place Israel improperly. 
Number five, the tribulation is broken up into two halves, the second half being the great tribulation. And that's, the, that's one of the keys. Many Jews will return to the Lord as Zechariah prophesies. Zechariah says this, he says, they'll look on him whom they pierced and they'll mourn. The Apostle Paul says that all of Israel ultimately will be saved. Now here's the thing. If the people, uh, if the people of Israel come to the Lord and God moves miraculously to protect Israel during the end times, and the end times is primarily about Israel, well, what about the church? I'm so glad that you asked that question. And this is also key in understanding Bible prophecy. If end times prophecy is about Israel, then it means that there is another key understanding with respect to the church in the end times. And that brings us to our seventh point for today and our final lesson, and that is number seven, that the body of Christ will not experience the wrath of God. The tribulation does not begin until after the church age is over. This church age is also known as what we call the, the age of grace and it ends with uh, the rapture of the church. The book of Revelation mentions this as well in Revelation 3.10 in a letter to the church in Philadelphia. This is what it says. It says, because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. The Apostle Paul, in speaking of this transition, from the church age to the next age, uh, uh, which includes the return of Christ with the church, and, that, and then following that is the millennial reign of Christ. This is what the Apostle Paul says. Paul says, um, I do not desire, brothers, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion that blindness has, in part, has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in and then so and so all Israel will be saved. So Paul is talking about a timeline here. He's talking about a blindness on Israel. Uh, God dealing primarily with the Gentiles and pouring out his spirit uh, on the world. But again, it's, it's primarily Gentiles. And a partial blindness is, is impacting Israel until what's called the fullness of the Gentiles. Now the fullness of the Gentiles refers to the end of the Gentile age. This is when Jesus returns for the church and this is best described in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 4 beginning in verse 15 and I'll just read that section for you. This will be our last scripture for today. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. The scriptures call the return of Christ along with, his, with the coming tribulation, the rise of the Antichrist, the white throne judgment, all of the things we've been talking about, the Bible calls it the, the blessed hope. The reason it's called the blessed hope is because we that are alive will be caught up together to be with all of our, 
departed friends, our relatives, all of the saints of God that have gone before us, all of us will be given resurrected bodies and the Bible promises that will be taken to the Father's home and will forever be with the Lord. Don't let anyone tell you that Christians that believe in a pre-tribulation rapture are, are kidding themselves. Jesus wasn't kidding when he told his apostles that he was going to prepare a place for us and that he would return and so that we would be where he is also. That's bridegroom talk. Telling his bride that he will go to his father's house, prepare a place, and then return. This is the picture of the wedding, uh, a Galilean wedding. Uh, they knew this picture very, very well. This was the custom of the time. You know, it's actually the custom still to this day in, in many parts of the world. My friends, the church age is rapidly coming to a close. God has been patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but Israel is on deck. The time has come. Make Jesus the Lord of your life and join us in the air to meet Jesus with all of the rest of the body of Christ so that we'll forever be with the Lord. It's time to lift up your head for your redemption draws nigh. Let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you, Lord, for this teaching. You've been listening to Faith Dialogue with Pastor Ken Baer, recorded live at Celebrate Seniors, a ministry of Faith Dialogue. You can listen to or watch all of the recordings at Faith Dialogue by going to www.faithdialogue.org.